Hi, I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. I'm Bell B. Cooper. And I'm Curtis Herbert. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to not wear pants ever, <laughs> but also, I guess, make a living, which is kind of, I guess, the more important part of that whole shtick, but you know. Do we not wear pants because we're not currently making livings and we can't afford pants? <laughs> <laughs> is that what's going on here? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe that's how it works. Living first and yeah, then no. pants. Check. That's how you know when you've made it, folks. You can afford pants again. <laughs> so this episode is somewhat of a sad episode, but we'll get to the sad bit later, I think. I'm going to like bury the sad bit because I don't want to think about it too much. But in kind of the lead up to this, I was having about a, th- a bit of a think about the stuff that we do on the side because... Independence is a, for us, I think, is a side project. Um, you know, it's not something that we uh, we earn part of our living from, really. And it's not part of our everyday push to be an independent. Um, this is something that we do on the side. So, I wanted to kind of ask the both of you, do either of you have any side projects, other than independence, of course, that you're working on right now? I, I don't think I have. I'm just trying to think about it but um i don't think i have any i've had quite a few where i've started them and not really got them off the ground but even including those i don't think i have any on the go at the moment do you have any curtis i'd half count one i I started up a i don't know retreat for lack of a better word to get like 12 ios programmers to go skiing and snowboarding once a year up in killington vermont um so that's a little bit to organize. That happened recently, wasn't it? Recently ish, uh March of twenty seventeen. And that was the first year I did it. Yeah. But I, I don't know how much I'd consider that a side project as it's reasonably low bar to organize, at least compared to my old side project of running Kokolov. That was a massive one that I just axed last year. That I would consider a full side project as it took a very large chunk of my year to organize a conference for 120 developers. But uh, yeah, that died off last year. Or I killed it, I guess, would be the right way to phrase that. Killed it with a shotgun. No, gently, gently. It was Take gently taken back. out back. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jelly? What are your What do your side projects look like? Uh, I mean, I have I have a handful of them, and they do tend to be more related to like the stuff that I do in the first place. I'm sure that you neither of you have heard of my other app, which is called literally Other. It's just like this thing that I throw together, and I, I do like maybe a week's worth of work on it every year to kind of maintain it and I it's open source so that you know if people want to mess around with it they can it's just and it's just like this sort of thing where it's like an app that does it makes zero money and well it's made like a hundred bucks in the course of its life I think and it just kind of sits out there and it's mostly for just kind of the learning the ins and outs like it's the first app I wrote in full swift so I was able to kind of get a feel for it without having to delve into my giant project and I do other, like, I've got a bunch of other projects that I kind of tap at when I'm not thinking about it. Like, I've got a I've got a script that I've been writing for many years now. I've got, you know, comics and stuff that I just kind of work on. And Wow, it sounds like a lot. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm all over the place, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's, part of the reason is because I think side projects are a bit tantalizing, right? Like, you kind of think of this idea that you want to, like, that you want to kind of pursue... And you kind of go for it. Yeah, I think you're right that they're tantalizing because when you have the idea, you're thinking about the finished product and how excited you'll be when you've put all the work in. Yeah. But that's such a small part of any side project. 
I think when you when you're thinking about it and planning it you're not thinking about what it's going to be like actually to work on at all at least in my experience Mm -hmm. but I think the majority of working on a side project is even if it's fun it's it's just making progress and and doing little bits along the way and and so many of mine never even come to fruition really they never get finished so I definitely think they're tantalizing in terms of thinking about the finished product and for me I end up with lists all over the place of different ideas of projects that I think will be good. And I try really hard to be disciplined about writing a list, adding it to the list if I have a new idea, planning out whatever notes I have about how I think it'll turn out and leaving it in the list. And 99 times out of 100, it stays in the list. And a week later, I don't care about it enough to keep going. So I try really hard to write them down rather than jumping into working on them because my enthusiasm just drops off so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a, your list of ideas. I'm kind of the opposite. I feel like I never have that many ideas that I work want to work on. And more it's I want to work in different mediums or in different programming languages. Um, so I'm kind of fortunate in that regard. Like Slopes, for example, I write the server-side backend in Laravel, which is a PHP framework, because I want to keep my web shops reasonably up to date. Um, I play in Photoshop a lot with the designs, with the marketing, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of my, I guess what one would consider side projects, I just find a way to build an extension of my business to encompass that if it actually can align with my business. Um, aside from Coco Love, Coco Love was kind of a completely out on the side, separate from any of my current ventures. Um, and it was one I knew I was going to make absolutely no money with. Um, so that was more worth pursuing from a community standpoint and wanting to build the kind of conference I wanted to see out there mm-hmm. and maybe even set the bar a little bit for a couple other conferences to be like, hey, yeah, we should do things like pay for speaker travel. Cause at the time, a lot of iOS mm-hmm. conferences weren't doing that. So, doing things to kind of like shape what I want out there and set examples um, was kind of why I wanted to take that one on. And do either of you think that indies should even have, like, should we even have, like, bother to, to have side projects? Because they do tend, like like you're saying, like, they take up a lot of time and they don't really give anything. I mean, they don't give a lot back, but, I mean, I'm sure they probably do. But, um, you know, they're taking away time from your, your main product. Should, so should we even bother to have them in the first place? Oh, hell yeah. I think so. I mean, it, it, it's something that uh, one of the reasons I went first independent or I first went independent was I was talking with my wife, Kira, and I had a full-time job at the time. I was always tinkering on the side. I had client work. And part of it was to give me the time to tinker, to give me the time to pursue these side things and free me up and take on client work to pay the bills. But that was half the reason I went indie, because I knew that this is just a part of me. I could never stay focused 100% on one thing all the time. So being able to have that freedom was definitely part of going independent. What about you, Belle? I think I found almost the opposite. I think I found that it's easier for me to work on side projects, to find the time and the energy in particular to work on side projects when I otherwise I really only have one thing. If I have just a standard day job where I can do the work and then go home and leave it behind. It's easier for me then to have that extra time and energy, I think, to put into a side mm. project. Whereas at least at least with the kind of business I'm running now with our company, it's quite varied. We have a couple of different products. We have another one that we're slowly working on that's not out in public yet. So there's a lot going on. Obviously, we also have to wear many hats and manage all the different things like the business admin and the marketing. So there's so much going on just within that that I feel like I I just don't have the mental capacity or the energy left 
to work on side projects. Even though I'd like to, I still think they're, they're great. I just don't feel like being independent has helped me have side projects. It's actually made me have to be more ruthless about prioritizing what I focus on and cutting out side projects. But Jelly, you have a lot. So you obviously must get enough out of them to think that it's valuable to have a few different things on the go, right? Yeah. To- or I mean, to- you have poor impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little more of that one. <laughs> I do have a lot of projects that I've always got going. They don't always get the amount of love that I really want them to have. It's not so much that like I have a lot of time or I'm really super organized. In fact, I'm probably not. It's more so that more the fact that I just a lot of these projects are sort of the sort of things that they're things that I want to be doing at some point and I want to be able to do that sort of stuff. And so mm. it matters more to me that like it matters more to me that I'm giving them a little bit of time even if it's only like, you know, 15 minutes in a month. Like it's not a lot. Like it doesn't have to be a lot. It's just like putting in the regular time so that they're not dead. I'm not the sort of person who's going to like drag my baby project out behind a shed and and shoot it <laughs> or or just leave it to like, you know, starve. I want it to I want them to thrive eventually, so I'm just kind of, you know, I guess incubating them maybe. Is that the word? Maybe like they're in hibernation or something. Life support. Yeah. <laughs> Pro- that's probably the closest analogy, honestly. <laughs> but I I you know, I I think that I think that it's an important part. Like for me, the benefits are a bunch of things. I do a bit of design and I do mostly development and that's kind of my day job. And so writing a script is something that's kind of like different to that. Even though it's mm. still writing words on a screen, it's different. And drawing comics and drawing illustrations is kind of different again because it's now still doing stuff on a screen most of the time, but at least <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's different input and it's different kind of, I guess, yeah. parts of the brain. I don't really science. <laughs> I don't science. I don't science. <laughs> But there are a bunch of benefits there. In the case of the other app that I have, it provided some more direct input into the work that I do every day because it's, despite the fact that it was taking away from that, it meant that I had some a chance to kind of practice a few things before I put them into work into the main thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have either of you had that sort of experience where you've found benefits, personal or professional, from the side projects that you've been working on? Yeah, I I mean, I started doing iOS development essentially as kind of a side project. It was never, we'd already started our company and I didn't do any development at all. And it was never really meant to be that I was going to be our iOS developer. But I wanted I wanted to learn how to code and I, I didn't really know why except that I'd been working in tech for a while as a quote-unquote non-technical person. I didn't like that. I didn't like feeling like I didn't understand what other people were talking about. But it it never really stuck. I tried a few different options. I tried Ruby. I pr- tried Python. And when I tried iOS development, it just stuck for whatever reason. I just was more interested in native mobile apps. I thought it was more fun. And then as I started to get into it as a side project, as kind of my first project of my own that wasn't a tutorial, I built a really, basically a feature. I basically took a feature out of our product that existed as a as a SaaS product on the web and built an app around this one feature of it. And that app is the app I work on now that is a full client for our, our web app. So it was never meant to be my job, really. It was just something I was playing with as a side project. And I, I did the same thing with Swift. I built a little project that I never released just to try and have a go at Swift and try and figure it out and understand it and figure out whether it was something I was I was ready to take on because I was still fairly new to development when Swift came out. And then now I'm working on a project 
which it, which is for our company. It's going to be a client for one of our other projects, and that's in Swift. So I did dabble, I guess, in a project that really didn't didn't matter. So I could make mistakes and not worry about having a deadline or anything. And I think that helped a lot with yeah. taking the pressure off learning those new skills. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely some of my side projects have been used like uh the one i've been doing recently for the 3d programming for basically writing google earth i mean you could consider that a prototype a side project um and now i'm working this week on integrating that into slopes uh but it was kind of a born as a side prototype i guess i'd say not so much side project it was tangentially related to my business but you know i i think the big one for me kokolov was that is the one that i think again i would truly consider a side project and I definitely got a lot out of it from a, it was scratching an itch that I can't normally do, which is more like community building and stuff like that. That's not something I can do as part of my business, um, unless I launch Slopes, Slopes Conference, um, which no, is not going to happen anytime soon. A bunch of snowboarders, that's, that's all you get. Well, I guess that's basically Fireside Coco, just a bunch of iOS devs coming out to snowboard. But still, anyway. <laughs> um, but like managing events of that scale was definitely a very creative outlet for me in terms of thinking about how people perceive things, how to stage things, um, what I'm communicating to my guests by framing things certain ways. It's all very applicable kind of back to my job in that way in terms of marketing and stuff like that. But it was very rewarding in being able to try and use those different creative juices that I can't normally use day to day and then turn yeah. around and have an impact on what 360 people I think by the end of the three-year run most from what I heard <laughs> unless they were lying to me had an extremely positive experience um, and to know at the end of the day like yeah that's not a tangible benefit I broke even on the conference I didn't really make any money which was fine I knew that would happen but at the end of the day I feel much better that I was able to contribute that so it's I, I think for me that was kind of the benefit it provided was just kind of a get my neck out there and try something new and do good things for people that that was kind of my benefit from doing it yeah i would say the same thing about mobile couch while it was a podcast not a conference and so it was you know slightly different i think you had a bigger audience count than i had though so don't don't write <laughs> yourself off there <laughs> <laughs> yes but also you know slightly more than 300 you know but the whole thing started as just like okay well i just want to i, I want to have these conversations with people that i want to that I want to record and just put out into the ether. And when we started, we had like we had next to no listeners, and it's over the course of the show and having various guests and doing the various things that we did for that show that it grew into something more than that. And I know that Mobile Cash was a huge thing for a lot of people who really, I guess, vibed with the show. Is that a thing? <laughs> but I always, I always took away from it that like I grew the community, and I didn't just grow like the community in general, but I grew my attachment to that community and mm -hmm. I feel so much more attached to the community mm -hmm. than I ever did before I did that show. Um, you know, we, we, we fed into the community as well. We like, we, we, I guess taught stuff. I don't really feel like I'm smart enough to tell and teach anybody anything, but you know, I, I guess we did. That was kind of a benefit as well. But the benefit that I've always taken away is like community, I, I think is a lot, is a lot in so far as just, like when you're more attached to the community that you're a, that you're theoretically a part of you tend to that sort of feedback feeds back into your work feeds back into your life you know i've learned a lot of code stuff from mobile couch and a lot of code stuff from the people that listened to mobile couch 
And I've also learned how to, like you said, how to frame things and phrase things and say things so that I'm not, I don't sound like an idiot uh, or like a, well, like a giant jerk. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Most sometimes. I mean, I am a giant idiot. So that just, that doesn't really help my, me my, both. <laughs> my case. I mean, when I, when I, when I've started like mobile couch, for instance, I never thought that it would kind of turn into what it did. And so, so the question, I guess, is like, how do you identify when a side project becomes something that you should be pursuing more seriously? I guess for me, it was one of two things. I guess, I mean, yeah, honestly, Slopes started out as a side project. At the time, I was full-time consulting for, I think I was in my second year of consulting full-time. And I started Slopes on a whim. And for that, I've kind of treated it as... I will continue to invest time in it as I can warrant the time away from consulting. So the first year I spent, uh, what was it? Probably three months full time on it, spread across over six months. Um, and then the next year I spent a little more and the next year I spent a little more. And that was as the revenue grow because I was very much treating that as a business. So that's kind of how I knew I could continue to invest time in the side project and not kill it because the revenue has continued to kind of go up in the left. Mm -hmm. um, so that means my time keeps going into it because I can justify it. Yeah. But Coco Love, I was a complete idiot. I just volunteered to do it <laughs> and gave no thought of like, hey, what's involved with this? It just <laughs> seemed like something I wanted to do and I was opinionated in what conferences should be like and I wanted to try it. And actually it grew from the original idea of, hey, let's have a like a one day $100 event in Philadelphia. And by the time year one came around, I'd grown it into like, hey, let's have a three-day event in Philadelphia that costs a lot more than that. And yeah, it was, I mean, I had to balance the budget, but it was definitely just kind of an all-in kind of situation. And I think that was more because that is something I wanted to pursue and it mattered to me. So it wasn't like money is the gauge for slopes. It was, it mattered to me. And eventually by year three, it kind of was starting to get to me from a stress level. Uh, but at least year one and two, it was something that I could just kind of push through and just, I was excited by it. And, and that helped me push through things. Yeah, I think there is maybe two types of projects in the world. There's the first, which just kind of naturally happens. And that's the one that we all hope that we have, <laughs> um, where it just kind of naturally grows and people want it so much that it just kind of, people flock to it and it just kind of grows naturally. And then there's the kind that I think is probably more prevalent, which is where you start a project and you just have to kind of force yourself into it and you kind of have to make it happen and you kind of have to you kind of have to push for it um mm. which is which is how our dishwasher gets emptied every day <laughs> but there still is a, a level where you have to be careful with that there are projects where you can push and push and push and they'll just never mm. they'll just never be what you're wanting them to be um mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where you have to where you have to kind of really seriously consider like what what am i doing here like is this is what i'm putting into it more than what i'm putting getting out and i think that's really the, like that's a huge measure if you're putting in a lot of effort but getting nothing or less than nothing out somehow i guess if you're like tiring yourself out for this mm. project that's going nowhere it's important to kind of you know reconsider what you're doing even if it doesn't necessarily have to be if you're not getting anything out of it i mean i, I will always argue i got lots out of coca love but 
around the time of year three, I kind of realized how much the stress of running a $50,000 budget conference is. Hmm. And midsummer after tickets on sale for a month, having conversation with my wife, like, so what happens if we're $15,000 short this year? Are we okay absorbing that from our personal budget? Um, and we always ended up breaking even. But that stress I realized as a person was really starting to get to me and eat away with me. So even though I was getting as much as I wanted out of the conference. I was making people happy. I was connecting people, great talks. Like it was everything I wanted it to be, but it just wasn't something from a personal level that I, that was too much stress for me. Mm. Like that, that was just something I couldn't take. So it, it, it can be the like bitter, like, oh, this we're pushing and we're pushing and it's not working. But I, I think there is the third type of, you know, it is getting somewhere, but you realize that that's not exactly what you I don't want to say want to, want to be working on, but something that you can personally work on. Mm, it's not a good mm. fit for you. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that realm is a good fit. Like organizing events, I think, is a good fit for me. But bring me down to the 50-person <laughs> level. Like that's kind of my max, I've realized. So I, I, th I do think there is a third type of project there of just like maybe it's something you wanted to pursue it. You're not a good fit. You know, you, I would never pick up guitar because I'd be a terrible fit at that. Um, but those kinds of things, the aspirational, but it just doesn't work out for you type of thing. I think also you can change over time as well. So and, and your circumstances can change and, and everything that's not your side project can change. And I think those things can affect your commitment or how invested you are in the project or even if your values change you might find that what mm -hmm. you were doing is not a good fit anymore so i've definitely noticed with some of the side projects i've started often they'll hit kind of an inflection point i suppose where i can tell either i'm dropping off how much effort i'm putting into it and i have to kind of examine why is that happening why is it a struggle for me to keep this going what's changed about the project or about me and, and kind of make the decision, do I want to keep going with it? And sometimes it's a case of this project needs more time or effort or energy than I have right now, but I want I don't want to kill it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just let it kind of hibernate. But often it's it's that point when I kind of take a good look at it and realize maybe it was fun at first, maybe it was a good fit for whatever my situation was, but right now I don't care enough to put that time and energy in or to prioritize it over other things. And those are the times when I when I'll kill a project. Um, and just kind of wrap it up and say, well, I learned from it. Here's what I got out of it. But I don't want to have it hanging over my head anymore. I don't know if that happens with, with both of you. Maybe not for you, Jelly, because you have lots of stuff kind of go going along. But for me, I always feel pressure when I'm not working on something that I've started because I like things to to at least look from the outside like they're moving along, even if I'm <laughs> struggling to find that time. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. Mm. I, there, there are projects that I don't get a lot of time to work on that I wish I really did. I, I, I mean, I haven't told you what, what a lot of them are. <laughs> I've said before, like, I, I don't like sharing things when they're not polished. They're mm. not to a certain extent. And I, mm. I, will, I also will lose. I will lose the kind of uh, the steam that I get, like, you know, work, just doing that little bit of work, even if it's a little bit, uh, just from sharing that kind of excitement with people. So I kind mm. of tend to hold that very close so that I don't I, I don't lose that. And so a lot of the projects that I, I'm doing, I'm just they're just like these little things and nobody knows about them because I just want them to kind of I want to keep that kind of excitement that I have about them. But I've certainly had situations where um as soon as you share something with the rest of the world, it becomes somebody else's. Um in the case of, for instance, mobile couch that was once, as soon as we had recorded the episodes and put them out there, we would know that show was no longer ours. 
there's some sort of like contract that you have with the people mm. that are taking part in the other side of that project and it's like this expectation that you need to be kind of putting in more effort. So I have certainly felt like that kind of stress, I guess, of of like wanting to put more time in, needing to put more time in, but just not really even having the time to put in because some of these projects can take over your life. Yeah. I, for a while, had a comic, which I did. Um, actually, it was every day at, at the peak of it. It was a weekday comic and uh, I posted that online and it got to a point after a couple of years that I was like... I, I come home from work and I do this and I go to work and I come home from work mm. and I do this and I mm. that's that was it that was my that was my life for that period of time and I was putting like that much effort into this side project you know it was it was definitely a side project but it wasn't the sort of thing that I wanted to be doing so at a certain point I think you just kind of have to you have to kill these things right like you just have to you have to just decide that okay well that's it I have to done I'm done with this yeah, it's the important thing because as especially I think as independents, like our creative energy is kind of what I mean, time is ultimately it. But if we're burning out on having multiple side projects, you know, we at the end of the day are trying to make a living here. We yeah. we, mm. we can't just do whatever the heck we want to do. We do have some responsibility to ourselves and to our partners to hold up our end of the bargain of mm. I'm not going to be a deadbeat. <laughs> and I'd love to sit around and play video games all day, but that's not a valid side project. Like you you do have to be careful that you're not burning yourself out on side projects and preventing yourself from having the creative energy you need to run your own product or your own SaaS or however it is you're making money at the end of the day. You need to kind of protect that creative energy in mm. a way because mm -hmm. that's your ultimate resource. That's not something that you can just spend unlimited. And I think that's where, Bell, you're, you're, you sound like you've got really good discipline on, I think you used the word ruthless at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> but like that, that's a really important skill to have, to have that focus and to really be able to prioritize and keep yourself on track. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess, a double-edged sword because I have definitely killed plenty of projects. I'm pretty, I, unlike you, Jelly, maybe I need to learn from you. I like to put things out into the open <laughs> and I like to commit to a schedule and I like to have all this accountability because I think that's what makes my projects move forward. But it also puts heaps of pressure on me, self-imposed pressure. But I have this feeling of these people expect things from me and I, even if no one is noticing, I feel like I've committed to something, I've committed to a schedule or whatever it is and I have to do this thing on time and I have to keep it going and I can't let it die. Yeah. And because I do that, I end up, killing a lot of projects because I burn myself out and I take on too much because I get caught up in how tantalizing it is at the beginning and how fun it sounds and how exciting it is to yeah. start something new and then burn myself out really quickly or realize I've taken on too much and I end up killing things. So I've had to learn to be good at killing things off, I guess, but I'm not sure it's it's totally good. I think probably I need to learn to not not take on so many things in the first place as well. Well, that's saying no is the hard thing, though. That's yeah. I, that's one of the hardest skills I've learned as somebody with no job job. You mm. know, I could say yes to so many things. And I've slowly been learning to say no, um, because there are millions of things out there grabbing at your attention. Email from yeah. somebody asking you for programming help, something as simple as that. You know, those will build up and build up and build up. And mm. you'll have so many things eating away at your time that... Saying no is, yeah, it's definitely an important skill, I think, as an indie. It's essential. Yeah. I mean, the creative juices, for lack of a better, ter better term, that you 
are putting into those side projects, the side projects that you're kind of managing, even if it's just like you say, answering an email from somebody who needs programming help, you're putting a bunch of effort and time and your juice into that, uh, that sounds terrible, <laughs> um, into, into that project, into that thing. And that's something that like you could be putting into, into your main project and making mm-hmm. your main project better. And I think, I, I think it's a balance. You've got to find a balance. Yeah. You have to be able to find a balance where you're putting enough work into your main project that it's, you know, growing and flourishing and being the best that it can be, but also having the time to find other things so that you're not just sucked into that project mm. because I think getting sucked into your main thing is also bad. So, there's a, there is a balance. Like, you can't, you can't just be all about the one, your, your, your job and be about nothing else, but you can all, can't also be all about your side projects. Mm. Otherwise, you'll find that you're, you're not balanced. You're just not a... A whole person or a whole indie, I guess. Yeah. Well, it indie. sounds like that at that point you you basically have a job job. Yeah. Like it's the same as working a nine to five and coming home and crashing on the couch and watching a Star Trek episode with a beer because you have no energy left. Like that's mm. that's not the goal of indies. I think the the goal is we want to have a healthier balance in our lives, and that yeah, working nonstop on your job and that's it. That's you can sustain that for a couple months, but you need variety. Yeah. I think you're right about about balance. I think it's as hard as it is to to accept. I think we we don't just need the time and and space to focus on what we're trying to build and this lifestyle that we're trying to create for ourselves, but I think to make that work, we also have to leave room for rest and for good sleep and at least for me, I feel mm-hmm. like I need room for things like other types of art that really inspire me or spending time with people outside of tech and all those things that kind of feed into me and re-energize me. And it's so easy to fill that space up, I think, with side projects that seem fun and interesting, but all they're doing is sapping more of your energy rather than re- refilling it yeah. so that you feel better and have more energy to put back into that main project. Yeah, it's one of these things where you need to find balance and you need to, you, it's, it's one of these things where like in certain cases, you just have to be, you have to be ruthless. And I think it's one of these things where, like, you need to do what you need to do. As <laughs> as kind of weird yeah. and honest, honestly, horrible advice as that is, like, it's not really very useful. But it's it's the sort of thing that it, it is exactly the way that it works. We have to protect yourself, is what it comes down to. Like, yeah, you have to look out for you, and not in a selfish way. Like, you're responsible for your own mental health and your business's health and all that, and you have to protect that. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, this is the sort of thing where you have to find balance and you have to be able to say goodbye to certain things. So, how do you pack up a, a side project? How do you start that process? Like, Curtis, you had Coco Love, um, so you've, you know, you, you shut that down. I killed something recently, yes. Yes, you kill, you, you kill things uh, for, for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Conference hitman for hire. How do, you, how do you go about packing something like that up? I mean, for me, it was pretty easy. It was, hey, sorry, I'm not doing it again next year. There, there, There's kind of that clean break of once I finish the 2017 event, you mm-hmm. know, it was just a matter of announcing that. Um, and I announced that publicly before I, I held the last Coco Love. But I do think there is some packing up beforehand of like, okay, you've made the decision. And like, how do you know when it feels right that you've made this decision? For me, it was definitely... The weight of the world was off my shoulders and like starting to get that organized, tell the other volunteers, stuff like that. For me, it wasn't too painful just because I had that yearly kind of divider and it wasn't a completely 
completely new process every year to get it going besides some of the information we could reuse and some of the venues we could reuse. Mm -hmm. But it always kind of felt like a somewhat build from scratch. So it was kind of easy in my case. But I think that's kind of an outlier. That's a little bit of cheating. <laughs> and Bell, this uh, this is the your final episode of Independence. It is. Which I've, it's kind of like I've been sitting on the lead, I feel like. <laughs> Audience members just got hit, just completely blindsided. Wait, what? <laughs> our audience, our audience is going to drop by half because half of them were just here for Belle. Oh. Yeah, she's the interesting one. Yeah. No, but you'll get me now. I'll be a listener, so it'll be fun. It'll, it'll balance out. <laughs> I see. So we lose half our audience of two, and we're back up to two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But this is your last, this is the final episode for you, mm -hmm. for you. This is not the final episode of, I, I should be very clear, this is not the end of Independence. This is just the end of Bell's, uh, Bell's time on Independence. And uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, Independence is a side project of itself. Mm. So how did you go around, like go about deciding that it was time to, 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 to end and mm. to focus on your, your main stuff? Yeah, I think this is going to sound a bit, a bit silly. But a lot of it for me was about kind of trying, just trying to take better notice of how I felt because I would often feel more tense on the days when we're recording or I was thinking about I've got to prepare for a recording or I've got to prepare an episode and that kind of thing. And I would kind of push that aside and not really notice it. And then taking some time yep. to think about it, I've kind of felt, like Curtis said, that I've kind of felt when I thought about pulling out of the show, I felt relief about not having that that extra responsibility and that extra project to focus my time and energy on and that was the biggest indicator for me was although I felt sad yeah. the bigger feeling yeah, was definitely. relief yeah and you, you know when you feel that that that's a sign yeah. that that would be the right thing to do and and feeling that was what kind of made me yeah. think more carefully about how I'd been feeling over the time we'd been doing it and how while it, it's really fun while we're recording and I always enjoy the period of recording before and after that, I tend to feel this extra feeling of stress. And I think it's just because I'm feeling like I'm pulled in too many directions. And I've said I've, I've got myself into this situation before where I've had to kill off projects because I've had this feeling of I don't have enough energy for all these projects and I don't have enough commitment to all these projects. And I feel like I'm committed to so many things at once that they all start to struggle because I, I just spread myself too thin. Mm. And right now I have a lot going on because I've got my day job that I'm committed to and I'm working regular regular hours in that and I need to put energy into that. But then I'm also working on a company of my own and I'm trying to build it up and I'm trying to pull my weight even though I can't work on it full time as Josh does. But there's still a lot of things like marketing and iOS development where those responsibilities are mine and so there's a lot to juggle. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a sad decision to make. I'm sad. I'm sad to be leaving. I feel like the closer we get to the end of this recording, the sadder it is. But sometimes you, you just have to kind of accept that it's sad and still know that you're doing the right thing, I guess, even though it's really hard. Because those, I mean, Curtis is lucky, obviously, it was easy for him. But I think most of the time, it's not, it's not super easy. Most of the time, there's, you're kind of pulled in both directions. And it can be hard to do the right thing, even if you know that that's, that's the right thing to do. I, I should be clear. It was easy logistically. It was not easy emotionally. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Coco, I felt very much the same as you did. Like Coco Love leading up to and after, I was a ball of stress. I wasn't getting sleep. It was, I was a disaster stress ball. But 
during the conference itself were some of the most rewarding mm-hmm. three days I had every year. I absolutely loved it. So pulling the plug on it was, I don't want to say emotionally devastating, but I'm lacking a better word here, but very, mm-hmm. it sucked. So it wasn't <laughs> easy in that regard. It was just logistically, I could be like, okay, we're mm-hmm. done, end of story. And it was just kind of clean. But yeah, it was it was definitely a hard decision that I sat on for like, mm-hmm. I think three or four weeks. It was It was hard. Yeah, they're, they're not easy decisions to make. And I, I think any time that you have to kill something off, you're killing off a part of you in a way. Like you're, it's it's almost like a like a limb that you've been kind of you've been kind of like just <laughs> keeping, and then you're just cutting it. I don't know. It's just like blood everywhere. And it's so Independence <laughs> is like seven episodes in. So what's the size of that limb? Is this like Deadpool with it's, this tiny yeah, little it's hand? Yeah, just like a tiny like, little arm. Like it's like a T Rex okay. arm, just kind of coming off the shoulder somewhere, <laughs> like an extra arm. Um, just so it's just yeah, it's. So it's good you're getting out early while the, while it's still little baby tiny stump hand. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been much harder later. Uh, it's uh, you know I, I think it's I think it's difficult. Like it is it is like cutting off a cu- cutting off a part of yourself, a part of your yeah. emotional self, I guess. Uh, you know, as, as opposed to physical. But it, it is something that has to be done sometimes. And on our end, our, on on the end of the people who are still going to continue doing this doing this side project of ours. Uh, you know, maybe for another few weeks, we'll see. Um, it you know, it's it's something we're, we're definitely going to to miss your involvement in the show. Uh, we're going to miss. You. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're we're going to miss you. It's it's it, the 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 pain will be felt Aww. on both sides. Um, because you know you will feel you'll feel some because you'll miss the limb that you used to have. Uh, but you will will we will miss it more. I I tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah, I will I will miss it. I think I'm lucky because although I'm giving up something. I'm I'm gaining as well because I now get to listen to the show and uh, this is no exaggeration. Nearly every week when a new episode comes out, I think to myself, I wish there was another show just like this one that I was not on because this is exactly the show I want to listen to, but I know what happens in this episode. Um, so so I really am excited to listen Spoilers. to it. Spoilers every week. You just need you just need what I have where I forget what's happened on the episode. I do need that. It it's like, this is all new. Like... Wow, that, those guys are really smart. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that one idiot. Well, thank you for having me. I've I've really had fun. And like I said, the, the actual recording part has been so much fun. It's sad to me that because I have so much going on, I've I've felt stressed about trying to fit it in because it I haven't felt like that when we record. We have a lot of fun and I've learned a lot and I've really enjoyed being part of it. So I am gonna miss it. It, it it has been our pleasure, I think, more more than anything. Yes, uh, you know it. You, you have been a fantastic part of the show. Thanks. But as with everything, things have to end, and this episode eventually has to end. <laughs> so if you just would pull like, off the band aid, yeah, <laughs> just pull. Well, it I was off. going to, and then you just kind of stopped <laughs> me. It's like, ah, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I don't want it to end. <laughs> I don't want it to do it. Just let's live in this episode forever. <laughs> If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that via email or via our website. Uh, the website is independence.fm or you can get in touch with us by emailing hello at independence.fm. Uh, you can also get in touch with us individually. I am Jelly Bean Soup on Twitter. And you can find me at bellbeecooper.com. And as always, I am on Twitter as parrots, the plural of the bird. And that is everything that we have. 
Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again in two more weeks. Goodbye.